the 99th year of the NFL. The give goes to Clement on a reverse. Aguilar fires to Foles and falls out of bounds at the 25-yard line. The Philly special worked again. It goes to Ajayi. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. He's in the end zone. Ball game's over. Philadelphia will win 18-12 on opening night. The regular season is finally here, folks. Welcome to week one of the NFL season here on TSN 4 Downs. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Jam-packed show for you today. I went big for the NFL kickoff, baby. Not one, but two guests from the NFL Network. First coming up in about 15 minutes' time. One of my favorites from last season. She's the analytics football expert from NFL Network, co-host of the new Pick'em Show on Fridays, Cynthia Freeland, to go over her projections and analytics models, predict wins for each team and why. Going to be fascinating to talk with Cynthia. And then the godfather of fantasy football, baby, NFL Network's Michael Fabiano. Fabs stops by in about a half hour time. I'll be answering your fantasy football questions in the final segment of the show as well. Use the hashtag AskAndy. Hashtag AskAndy. And send them on Twitter to at AndyMC81 and at TSN4Downs. At AndyMC81 at tsn 4 Four downs. Hashtag Ask Andy for your fantasy football questions. And as you know, we're delivered by Domino's, folks. Hey, it's football season. That means it's pizza on Sunday. Pizza this weekend. Get yourself a loaded medium feast pizza for just ten ninety nine. All the delicious side dishes, carry out delivery specials. Check it all out at Domino's.ca. Domino's.ca. But not just that. I was feeling generous today, and I told. Producer Sean Lavery before the show, I said, I want to do something nice for the listeners. I'm excited. I love this. It's like Christmas Eve. We're ready for the NFL season. So I'm going to give away some Domino's pizza today, folks. Going to be giving away some free Domino's pizza just for being a listener of TSN 4 Down. So this is what we'll do. After I have my pinned tweet of this show, so when I post the link for TSN 4 Downs at AndyMCD1, this is all you have to do. You retweet that pinned tweet of the show. Follow at TSN4Downs, at TSN, the number four downs, and at AndyMC81, and that's it. And do a random draw on Monday. Winner gets free pizza. How about that? Huh? There you go. It's pretty good. We'll get to our pick'ems as well. DraftKings contest, million-dollar contest. How about that? Million-dollar pick'em contest. We'll get to that in a little bit. But there is so much to go over to. Let's get to three downs. First down. Okay. Okay. The NFL season, it started Thursday. Uh, you know, it wasn't the, the most exciting game. An exciting finish, but not the, the best game. Uh, I want to talk about Matt Ryan here with the Falcons. Last year, 2-6 and six against playoff teams. Okay? And I don't think this is being talked about enough. Matt Ryan misses Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator. Sarkeesian is hot garbage. He got fired from college football. Yeah, he's terrible. They, 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 those red zone plays, baffling. So Matt Ryan, this is year two without Kyle Shanahan. The year he had him, lights out. That's when they went to the Super Bowl. Shanahan, of course, moved on to be the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. But Matt Ryan, he he seemed off. The Falcons' offense didn't have it when it came to the red zone. And it was confusing play calls, just disjointed. So Ryan is making some big dollars. And off the Super Bowl, struggled some last year. ESPN's Mike Greenberg tees up Jalen Rose, who interacts then with Stephen A. Smith about Ryan and Atlanta. 
People will bring up the huge contract he gets during the offseason. Is that fair or not fair to bring up the money when a guy is not playing at his best? Well, in this case, I understand you're going to compare him to the top elite quarterbacks and how much money they make, and rightfully so. But when we talk about young players that are getting paid a lot of money, that hope to ascend to top-tier status, like a Matthew Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo, when we say they're going to be great, do we mean Aaron Rodgers great? Because they're making Matt Ryan top money. But I agree with your points. This is on the offensive coordinator. Julio Jones, who's a terrific receiver, and a lot of people are going to talk about them not connecting. Mm-hmm. 19 targets, I actually think that's too many. You just talked about the weapons that they have. Freeman and Coleman and Ridley and Sanu. You got to spread the football out. What it showed me is they pre-planned that they were going to get him involved. They are going to force feed him the ball, 20s to 20s. But you still can't find a way right. to get it to him in the red zone. Right. Over the last two years, they've tried it 20 times despite, in the end zone. The, despite, they've only connected once. Despite the valid points that you make, Jalen Rose. You brought up Matthew Stafford. You brought up Jimmy Garoppolo. Because you brought up money. I'm saying to you, it's not just about the money. It's about stepping up to it. They got to show me something, too. I ain't letting them off the hook. But don't act like Matt Ryan don't get to show us something. Matt Ryan has at least been league MVP. So? He at least led his team to the Super Bowl. By by no means am I here to absolve Matt Ryan for what I saw last night. But what I'm saying is I have to put more on the offensive coordinator. It was a lot different when Kyle Shanahan was there. I brought up Steve Sarkeesian, but I'm not going to put more accountability on his shoulders than Matt Ryan. He's not some puppy. He's not a novice breath smeller like Similac wet behind the ears. This man been in the league for a decade. Nothing like Stephen A. Smith screaming at you first thing on a Saturday morning. <laughs> but it's, it's valid points they bring up. I personally, I put more blame on the offensive coordinator, on Sarkeesian. I, he, the, the Falcons' offensive coordinator here in that opening loss to the Eagles. That game was there to be had. Why, the, all the targets to Julio Jones, 19 targets? Spread the ball around. You got Sanu, you got Freeman, you got Coleman. Come on. You're targeting. So then the defense obviously knows, okay. Uh, just take away Julio. This, to me, is game planning. And they better smarten up real quick because they're going to be in a divisional dogfight with the Saints and Panthers. So they, they, they better get going. Side note, I love this. The Eagles once again threw a pass to quarterback Nick Foles, right? And it looked, it looked like the now-famous Philly special from the Super Bowl. But Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson said after the game that Nelson Aguilar's throw to Nick Foles was actually not the Philly special. He said, quote, it was the same play the Patriots used in the Super Bowl. You know, the one that Tom dropped. What a troll job. Cold-blooded by Lane Johnson. That is well done. They just did it slightly different to show the Patriots how to do it. Not only do you beat them for the Super Bowl, you then rub it in their face in the opener. I love it. Okay, let's move on. Second down. Pittsburgh's Hall of Fame running back Jerome Bettis was in TSN Studios this week. Gave his take on Steelers star running back Le'Veon Bell holding out still and his teammates being openly critical about Bell. That's hard because as a player, your your job is to, you know, obviously play the game and you always know every year there's always going to be a guy that's going through a contract situation and you never make it personal because you understand that you may not you may be in that position at some point in your career. Uh, and so you try to 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 stay away from that and when he comes back you welcome him uh, with open arms and but to hear those kind of comments, I think they felt as though he was going to come back like last year uh, and you know some kind of way you know it got lost in translation uh, but 
at the end of the day, I think when he walks in that door, then all of those things are going to be forgiven, and that that goes away, and they they get back to football. So you don't think that it's going to be there's no, going to be any tension no, heading no. into the locker? It's, it's not right now. It's it's a little tension in terms of now the you know the reporters are going to go over to right. the pounce and say, hey, what do you think? What do you think? To try to to create more of a flame, but I think it's it's going to be quickly put out as soon as Le'Veon walks through that door. And the question for the Steelers is going to be, not when Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell gets back, in my opinion, because when he comes back, let's say he comes back this week, well, it's still going to take him a couple of weeks to get back in the swing, so we might not be seeing prime Le'Veon Bell to the quarter point of the season. Like, if you're a fantasy owner and you talk Le'Veon Bell high, I hope, I hope you got James Conner as the handcuff. I hope you went and drafted him, because if not, yeesh, that is, uh, that is a tough bench sit for your first week because okay pouncy he's the center if bell's pissing off the offensive line those are the guys that block for him so it'll be james connor in the backfield he's going to get a heavy workload the weather in cleveland for the opener is supposed to be torrential downpours after the uh, the last remnants of the tropical storm coming around so it's going to be sloppy it's going to be dirty and i think there's going to be a lot of running the ball so james connor is going to be tested early and often let's move on Third down. Okay, a lot of hype behind Jimmy Garoppolo. My guy Jimmy G with the 49ers, undefeated as a starter. Two with the Patriots, five when he came over to the 49ers at the end of the season. But is San Francisco a sure thing to go over 500 in 2018? Vegas Sportsbook insiders from wagertalk.com, Kelly Stewart and Marco D'Angelo say, "Eh, hold on a sec. Let's go with uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Under eight and a half wins here. I made a big star on my paper for a reason because I absolutely agree with you on this one. I wasn't sold. Uh, the 49ers won four of their last five. Everybody's like, 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to save us. Tell me why you like the ender. Actually, they won their last five in a row. And those teams, Kelly, three of them were teams that were done. You had Houston that was out of the playoffs, Deshaun Watson. Hurt, lost for the season. Tennessee was struggling. Chicago, we know how bad the Bears were last year. So those three wins mean nothing. Well, then people look and say, yeah, but they beat Jacksonville and they beat the Rams, two playoff teams. They didn't have any reason to play those games. Jacksonville had nothing to play for. In the Rams, they rested starters. They didn't care. So I'm not jumping on the Jimmy G bandwagon, and this number is all hype. You can't put a team at eight and a half wins. They not going to do it. You've got a couple other things to look at. You've got a second-year head coach. Last year, Kyle Shanahan. First year, a lot of teams didn't know what he was going to run and the offense and everything that he was going to go with. And Jimmy Garoppolo, at the end of the season, you really didn't have a lot of film on him. Now you've got film on both the coach and the quarterback. Let's see how they do whenever teams are game planning for them and really do need the games. I love this one under eight and a half. And you know what? This season could start out real tough for the 49ers. They start the season with three out of four on the road. If they get off to a one and three start, it can just snowball. And week one is against the Minnesota Vikings in mini with that nasty defense. They are run gobblers. Great against the run. So Alfred Morris is going to be neutralized. It's going to be on Jimmy G. As I said, I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but it is going to be a very tough test to try to stay undefeated with his NFL records starting out. You can also vote in our week one NFL Twitter poll at TSN four downs at TSN and the number four downs and at Andy MC 81 question is which of these point spread favorites do you have the most confidence in to cover the spread out of these point spread favorites 
Who do you have the most confidence in to cover the spread? These are the biggest spreads of week one. Chicago at Green Bay. Packers favored by seven. Buffalo at Baltimore. Ravens favored by seven and a half. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. The Saints, a giant nine and a half spread. And the uh, Jets in Detroit. Lions are favored at six and a half. So Packers, Ravens, Saints, and Lions, all big favorites. Vote at TSN 4 Downs at AndyMC81. We'll get our picks and our DraftKings team pick'em contest. Million-dollar share can be yours. We'll do that in the final segment. But up next, man, up next, we go to NFL Network analytics expert projections, win totals for a whole bunch of teams in the AFC and NFC. It is Cynthia Freeland. She joins me next here on TSN 4 Downs. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to the NFL Week 1 Kickoff Special of TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. We'll be giving away some free Domino's pizza today, folks. Free Domino's pizza. I'll tell you how a little bit later on to win yourself some Domino's. And in the meantime, get yourself some Domino's pizza for NFL Week 1. Medium Feast Pizza for just $10.99. Check out all the deals at dominoes.ca. Give us a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN4Downs. Very excited to chat with my next guest. I caught up with her a little bit earlier today from the NFL Network. They're analytics expert. We go over win projections for each team. It is Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network, from the new Pick'em Show on Fridays. Uh, had a great chat with her. Here we go. Cynthia, how did you enjoy that glorified exhibition game between the Eagles and Falcons Thursday night? It was it had an exciting ending, but man, overall, yikes. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a battle in the trenches just kind of when you looked at it on paper, but I did expect a lot, I mean, significantly more scoring than that. Yeah. It was a little... Uh, a little bit of a boring one. <laughs> it was it was a tough start, but you know what? Hey, now we're pushing through. We got the full slate of games Sunday, Monday night football and all that. And, and listen, I love your projections and the models you put out on NFL Network. And you took on the daunting task here of projecting win totals for every team. So let's take a look. And, and, and you know what? Let, let's start with the AFC because there are some interesting matchups here or, or season long projections here. The Buffalo Bills, playoff team a year ago. Now there's real uncertainty at quarterback, a depleted offensive line. You have them at 5.7 wins. How much of the dip is due to the uncertainty at that quarterback situation? So let me start off really quick by saying the way that anyone does projections, it's very funny because if you add together. People who aren't necessarily math people. Mm -hmm. If you add together the number of total games they estimate in a season, like there's only 256 games. So some people get a little lofty, Mm -hmm. and you'll add together their total their total projections. It'll be like, you know, 310 games. So so you have to remember that 5.7 wins. Kind of look at it when you go to read them. Kind of look at it as a relative ranking and sort of a sort of a way to understand 
you know, compared to other people in their division or other people in their conference where they end up. So for the Bills, for me, with the 5.7 wins, primarily the offensive line. I'm not as down on Nathan Peterman as many people are, at least what I've heard, you know, sort of the media narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm certainly not as – I think Josh Allen's a great – has great upside. But when you have an O-line that has performed the way that – We've seen in the preseason, which I know is the preseason, so you can't overrate it. But ultimately, for me, that's the bigger question mark. That O-line is, is, is real shaky. Yeah, and if you want to check out Cynthia's predictions and projections of win totals, you can go on Twitter at C. Freeland. She's got the links all right there. So that's the Bills taking a step back. One of the more interesting teams this year to me is the Houston Texans. They're going to be fascinating. you got the return of Deshaun Watson at quarterback, defensive monster J.J. Watt. How much of your projected 9.4 wins and wildcard berth is hung up on those two guys specifically staying healthy? So this is a this is one you're right the the Texans are you're totally right you nailed it they're probably the most interesting one in that entire conference for me because there's like you know the Patriots the Steelers the Chiefs the you know like the, there's people who are kind of on the top and the Jags obviously and those three are the, the Jags the Patriots and the Steelers are kind of you know we kind of think of them as being so dominant, but it's kind of after that, there's a significant drop off in terms of like, it could be, you know, people could sneak into the playoffs. So for me, the Texans, the balance that they would achieve should JJ Watt return in a JJ Watt like form, should Whitney Merciless be able to return to a healthy form, that defense will provide such a nice foundation. Cause remember Romeo Cornell's back. He's calling right. the defense again this year. So you've got those additions. You have honey badger. He's there. And Aaron Colvin, who with a sneaky pickup, who's a great slot receiver or slot corner. So for me, they could be significantly better on defense, which means Deshaun Watson Watson will have the luxury of being able to use his unique skill set, you know, being able that shot guard, the, you know, the way that he can run, the way that he mm-hmm. can throw it way down the field, like all of those things, they'll be able to be more strategic about his use as opposed to rely on him slinging it in the fourth quarter to like see what happens. Yeah, they're going to be exciting. Next, Cynthia, my poor 0-16 Cleveland Browns, the stars of hard knocks, lots of positivity coming out of the preseason, but they have a tough schedule out of the gate with Pittsburgh and then the Saints. Your model says six wins, and I think I might weep openly if they get to six, so thank you. Uh, but what do you... <laughs> What do you like about the Browns? <laughs> I think that single-handedly in one season, changing your potential to stop turning the ball over yeah. on offense is a huge deal. It's a little irrational. Like, if you think about it last year, they had the most interceptions in the league. It's a little irrational to keep playing a quarterback that has that many interceptions because typically you don't see that happen. It's kind of like a pitcher, right? When a pitcher right. gets blown up in the third inning, you don't keep him in typically, right? right? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's one of those things where last season they had so many turnovers that it's not super surprising because they, they made some, I'm saying the word irrational, but, you know, they it, it seemed like perhaps they were not as concerned about winning in the end as they were kind of, you know, in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So for me, the interesting thing here is Tyrod Taylor's, his ability to keep the ball contained, his ability to stay, you know, not turn the ball over and, you know, get a first down, earn first down, significantly changes their entire offense just kind of with one person. And they've made so many personnel changes that this is not even close to the team that we saw last season. In fact, 
you know, their defense was a bit underrated against the run. And, in fact, this week in particular, if Lev Bell doesn't play, I think they have a chance to pull off the upset. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yes, I'm going to dream, Cynthia. Thank you for that hope. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, it could, watch the weather there, too, right? If it's gusty, oh. if it's gusty wind, yeah. you, could have, you could have an upset. Some ground and pound. Okay, all right, I'm feeling good. Uh, <laughs> let's move over to the AFC West, because if we're looking at the AFC, this is one of the more intriguing divisions, because outside of the Raiders, which, are, which are imploding on themselves, you could make a, a case for the Chiefs, for the Chargers or the Broncos, either winning the division or finishing third, like it goes, it goes back and forth. You have the Chiefs winning it, and then kind of the Broncos and Chargers neck and neck for a wild card spot. As a whole, what do you think of that AFC West? So the AFC West is a huge beneficiary of no more Khalil Mack. That's yes. really helpful for yeah. Denver with their leaky O line. Yeah. That's really helpful for. I mean, if you're playing them, that's that's great. No more Khalil Mack. I, I'm happier if I'm the quarterback. But for me, the the thing that kind of the thing that seals it that that puts the Chiefs kind of heads and shoulders above everyone else is because, and by heads and shoulders, it's like you know an inch, not not a, <laughs> not a ton. But right. in that division, that could mean you know the wild card or you know having a buy. Mm-hmm. So for me, Patrick Mahomes upside, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes upside with that offense is ridiculous. Now, Eric Berry not playing, if he doesn't play, that's, it's going to change. That's going to be a huge influence in my model. But assuming he plays, because I know it's still, he's still kind of day to day and we're not going to probably know until Sunday if he's playing, but his presence on the field. Now they got Marcus Peters. They dealt him to the Rams and Marcus Peters kind of, he sort of cheated up, right? He was a risk taking corner and with right. Eric Berry behind him, he used to get saved. Well, last season, no Eric Berry saw a lot more yards that were given up when that happened. Well, you're going to have a change in kind of strategy. You brought Kendall Fuller over from Washington and, and honestly, like the, the ability to score and read off, you know, have so many options. It's going to be a, a good mystery for us to figure out who's going to be the target leader. So for me, Patrick Mahomes combined with the fact that they're very returns and they did address how, uh, how they can stop the run on defense. They brought in Anthony Hitchens from the Cowboys and Reggie Ragland, um, former Bill, uh, to help against the run as well. So I, I think it improved defense and that explosive offense puts them on on top of the division yeah it's going to be a lot of fun in conversation with cynthia freeland she does it all nfl network analyst co-host of game theory and money podcast also the new pick'em show fridays on <gasps> nfl so network it's going to be a lot of fun that's going to be 6 30 right yes. eastern yes 6 30 on fridays we just had one last night that was six to seven that was our season opener but there's be a half an hour Right at dinner time, starting next week. Beautiful. Be on Twitter at C Freeland. Let's get to a couple of NFC ones, then we'll let you go because I know how busy you are here. Uh, the totally. NFC predictions: the New Orleans Saints. And you talk about interesting divisions. You had three teams in that division make the playoffs a year ago. You have the Saints carrying a boom or bust potential. Aging Drew Brees, running game. You're without Ingram. You got Kamara. A lot of weapons. Give me your thoughts on the Saints. I have the Saints going to the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, it's not even, it's like September, you know, it's the beginning of September. So, you know, take it for what it's worth, right? (laughs) We don't know anything about injuries. We don't know anything about all of it. But the balance that they have, the ability to earn, to convert from, you know, third down to first down, and the ability on defense to stop teams from 
continuing drives against them. That balance is probably the best in the NFL. The season is between them or the Vikings for who has the best balance of that. And that is a huge predictor of wins. It has been for 10 years the whole time in the model. Like that's one of, one of if not the most predictive statistic, like your balance on third down or basically stopping drives or continuing your offensive drives. And I don't think, you know, like, look, I, I really, I don't know how Drew Brees hasn't won MVP before of the, of the league. Yeah. And, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how that, like, I feel like that's wrong every time I read that stat. I'm always like, wait, that can't be, that, I, I must be missing something. But I feel like, you know, every year people are like, oh, he's getting older. There's some excuse. I don't think there's any excuse for the Saints this season. I think they start off strong. I mean, they obviously, their first two games, it's Bucks, and then next week it's Browns, and then they have the Falcons. So we don't really, we're not going to know what we have necessarily for a little bit here. But once we know, I feel like this is, this is the upside team for sure. Yep, and let's go to Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Now they got one of your projected eleven point seven wins on Thursday. In the, yeah, in the hey, Brilliant. you know what? You just you just get it. You know you got it. Now you move on. We saw Nick Foles are giving Carson Wentz plenty of time. Jay Ajayi I liked on the ground, but there's you know this this was kind of an extended preseason, I suppose, for them. This and you have them as the NFC champs, and that division hasn't repeated since two thousand four. Is it more you like what the Eagles have and can do, or is it more about the uncertainty for the rest of the division? Because Cowboys, eh, Washington, not a lot of help, you know, and then the Giants could look like they're going to take a bump up, but are they good enough to win the division? That that division is going to be fun to watch, too. For sure. I, You know what? It comes down to me is, well, you saw it last night, that red zone stand at the end of the game, like the, the way that the Eagles defense played, in the red zone in particular, really drives more certainty. The better your defense is, especially in pressure situations like that, the more likely you are to win. And again, that's proven over many, many years of actual data. And when you have the ability to generate pressure, they were number one in generating pressures last season. And I think that that they actually maybe will get better, like best themselves. I mean, they brought Michael Bennett in, and it, they're going to, you know, with continued development of player, younger players like Brandon Graham, it just seems like the sky's the limit when it comes to defensive pressures. So for me, that's the kind of thing, like more certainty on defense is probably what drives it because you can't tell me that the Cowboys have a certain, a very certain defense because they don't. No. You can't tell me that the Giants defense is something you understand because we'll learn what it is, but we don't know at this point. And, you know, look, the Washington has many strong people coming back, like Jonathan Allen's return is going to be huge against the run. Um, but ultimately, there's no we, – we, we don't know about – how what's going to look like, you know, overall, right? So it's the certainty on defense that really drives the Eagles repeating. And it's kind of cool that no one's won the division since 2004 yeah. twice. That's cool. But, you know, it, it, that's kind of like, that's kind of like a, like a home. That's kind of like one of those, like Ben Roethlisberger is not good on the road type of right. thing. Like, just, <laughs> like who are they playing? What's the situation? What's you know what I mean? Situation? It's a little more situational than it is predictive. Yeah. And Cynthia, I love that you brought up the defense with Philly there because so much attention is on the offenses on the quarterback, but that defense can really hold them in and buy time until Carson Wentz comes back. And then assuming he can pick up where he left off uh, when the playoff time's approaching down the stretch run. Yeah. There's no reason they can't win the damn thing. Right. Right. So. Right. I mean, I, I, it's very hard to pick against that defense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. say, you know what? Um, 
And and by the way, Carson Wentz, he stands behind a line that's only going to get better, right? You have Jason Peters, the left tackle. He was hurt last season, mm-hmm. and he's returning. And it's going to take, like, you know, a minute or two to get all the chemistry back for everyone, especially with Alshon Jeffrey out. Cynthia, we could talk all day. Let's check in later on in the season. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That was Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network, their analytics expert. Make sure to check out their new show every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Pick them show on NFL Network. The fun continues back to the NFL Network after the break. Michael Fabiano, the godfather of fantasy football, stardom, sit-ems, risers, fallers, getting you ready for week one of the fantasy football season. Coming up next on TSN 4 Downs. At some point, you're just like, all right, you know what? If you don't want to be here, it is, it is what it is. And hold out 10 weeks. It's totally fine with us. Like, as a team, we're, we're totally fine. It takes 11 guys, not just one. Now when it's game time and you know that you have $14 million looming out there and you're still not here and your team really wants you here, it's just, at this point, we got Connor. Oh, my. Some harsh words from Steelers center Marquise Pouncey on Le'Veon Bell still holding out, will not play in week one. Welcome back to the NFL season kickoff show on TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMCD1. The show at TSN 4 Downs. Be giving away some Domino's pizza later, folks. I'll tell you how. And we are delivered by Domino's. Go get a medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Perfect football food. Check out all the deals at dominoes.ca. Well, the fantasy drafts, they're all over. You're ready for your fantasy football season. And I went to one of the best in the business from the NFL Network, Michael Fabiano, the godfather of fantasy football. I caught up with him a little bit earlier. Michael, let's start with the Le'Veon Bell situation. His teammates are calling him out. Who knows when he's going to be back? James Connors frothing at the mouth to get in there. But when you get went to your draft, people take Le'Veon Bell top three pick. How scared should they be of Le'Veon Bell if you're an owner and you drafted him that high? Very scared. I mean, I'm frightened right now. I have him in three <laughs> leagues. Luckily, I have James Conner in all of those okay. leagues as well. To give you guys an idea of how his value has dropped, I was in a draft uh, earlier this week, and the Le'Veon Bell news came out. He fell to 20th. Wow. Second round pick. And James Conner was a seventh round pick of the same team that drafted Bell because now you have to reach for Conner in order to handcuff Le'Veon Bell. The situation everything you read about it is seem, seems to be getting uglier and uglier. And at the very least, you're going to be without Le'Veon Bell for one game, maybe more. At this point, you have to make sure that James Conner is not a free agent on your waiver wire. He now needs to be owned in every single league because, well, there's a lot of uncertainty about when Le'Veon Bell returns to the Steelers. Right. And, Michael, what we saw last year was when he returned late, the first couple of weeks he wasn't that effective so if he returns next week all all of a sudden we're looking at maybe week three or four when he's come back in all of a sudden it's a quarter of the season gone and you spent that high of a draft pick this is very similar in certain ways to ezekiel elliott from last season right because we're not sure if he's going to be available to play what the scenario is going to be same thing with Le'Veon bell we're not sure when he's going to be back and available to play for our fantasy teams it's a headache, and it's a headache that I have in three of my leagues. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, I think I need an Excedrin because <laughs> I am really stressed out about the fact that one of my top three picks is potentially going to miss it sometime. Boy. So, Michael, with Le'Veon Bell dropping, which running back kind of then jumps up and is elevated fantasy value-wise? 
Well, it's Connor. I mean, no, no question about that. Um, I've actually moved David Johnson uh, ahead of Le'Veon Bell. I've moved several mm-hmm. running backs ahead of Le'Veon Bell uh, in terms of season-long yeah. rankings because of the question marks. But for this week, it's really a, a, a James Connor flex, maybe RB2 situation for most fantasy owners. And potentially you drafted an Alex Collins and you had Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell. Well, now you can play Alex Collins because he's got a good matchup against the Buffalo Bills who really struggled against the run last season. Really depends on what kind of depth you have. But again, if you have Bell or if you drafted him, hopefully you were able to get James Conner. Um, I was so desperate in one of my leagues because I now have both uh, in the three leagues where I have Bell. I was so desperate in one of my leagues to get James Conner because I'm so concerned about the situation that I traded Sony Michelle and Nelson Aguilar to get Conner, wow. who maybe gives me a couple of games. But maybe he gives me more. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. at this point, I had to cover myself. Wow. So, yeah, you're right. If you get Bell, you have to overpay your reach because it could be soft tissue stuff. Comes back, gets injured. Maybe Connor impresses and they split the workload. Who knows? And he looked good. I mean, he, he looked good in the preseason, he and he's loved by his teammates, clearly. Yeah. Um was was a very good collegiate player, so you never know. Maybe in 16 weeks we're talking about James Conner being the biggest sleeper in fantasy Man. football for 2018. Jeez. Let's talk about some other running backs here. Workhorse Shady McCoy, and and we know the offseason stuff with McCoy. Who knows if there's ever going to be any sort of discipline stuff. The quarterback situation, very uncertain. He's getting up mm-hmm. there in age. What I always yep. find, Michael, is, is y- you get to a point where you just think a guy's good, because of name recognition, and then it's like, right. oh, wait, is he actually going to be that good? Where where are you slotting Shady McCoy? He was in my RB2 mm-hmm. uh, tier. So if you're looking at uh, a ADP, he was probably a third rounder okay. in, in most drafts. But you're right. You've got the curse of the 30-year-old running back yeah. that could potentially bite you. You've got an offensive line that's got major question marks. You've got a quarterback who threw five picks in one half in a game last season, and that's what he's known for. And you've got to play the Ravens. There is nothing good about any of those <laughs> scenarios for LaShawn McCoy. Now, I'm not telling you to bench him, okay? If you have running back depth and you're bold and, and maybe you picked up James Conner and you could potentially use him, maybe that's a thought but I would really temper my expectations for his production uh, and his numbers this week because there is nothing good about the matchup, and there is very little that's good about the situation that LaShawn McCoy finds himself in Buffalo this season. In conversation with Michael Fabiano, senior fantasy analyst for NFL Media, NFL Network, on Twitter, at Michael underscore Fabiano. Michael, let's do a a little game of overdrafted, underdrafted when it comes to the quarterback. I want to get your takes on these three guys. Jimmy Garoppolo, number one. We know the Mm -hmm. five wins in a row coming into San Francisco, but that touchdown to interception ratio of seven to five had me a little concerned. Are you seeing him getting uh, the people riding the hype train and overdrafting Jimmy G? I haven't. And because the quarterback position is so deep, people don't have to do that. I probably didn't see him get drafted. And the highest I saw him drafted was probably the 10th round. So if you're picking him between rounds 10 and 12, which is about where he's been going, I don't see any risk involved in that. I see all upside because at that point, typically that's going to be your last five or six picks. If he doesn't perform, there's typically going to be a good quarterback on the waiver Mm -hmm. wire that you can pick up. I do like Garoppolo. I think he's going to be fine. But we've seen that trend of quarterbacks dropping and not 
not because they're not good quarterbacks, not because they can't put up good numbers, but because of supply and demand, and there's just so many good quarterbacks and everyone in a league. Typically, if you're in a, a traditional league, you start one. So there's more demand for other positions. Where are you at with Dak Prescott? I just feel like regression is going to be jumping on that offense in Dallas. There's no weapons for him to throw to. It's pretty much just Zeke, and the offensive line is banged up. How are you feeling about Dak? I'm depressed because I'm a Cowboys fan. I mean, like that's, that's I'm thinking like maybe seven wins, like tops. We'll see. But it, it's amazing because two years ago, he was one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football as a yeah. rookie. Yeah. Regressed a little bit last season, but you could blame Zeke's absence for six games. And now you go into a, a fantasy draft in 2018. He's not being picked at all in a lot of leagues. So. You go from top 10 guy to undraftable in two years. I think he can help fantasy owners based on the matchups. He can run with the football, which is always a huge advantage for a quarterback. And the Cowboys, let's be honest, they could be playing from behind this season. And I think he'll end up getting a chance to throw the football. It is, it is no longer a situation where Dak Prescott's a guy you're starting week in and week out, which is, that was the case as a rookie and in the first half of last season, and then he faded out once Zeke got suspended. But now, playing against the Carolina Panthers this week, I wouldn't play him. Um, and, and it's really a, a week-to-week proposition. Instead of having Dak Prescott on your roster and utilizing him week in and week out, now he's a matchup-based starter, a potential DFS guy based on the matchups, but his value has significantly decreased. I don't know if there's a quarterback who's seen a value, his value drop more in the last couple of seasons than Dak Prescott. And one more quarterback for you here, Michael. Andrew Luck, the ultimate boom-bust option. Sure. If, if you can get him out of value, of course, hey, and he's back to Andrew Luck the, from a few years ago, wow. If not, then ugh, could get ugly. But I think people were smart in drafts. I mean, his ADP was – I saw him maybe get picked in the ninth round once. Um, typically, he was a tenth rounder, maybe even a little bit later than that. So, you're right. It, it's boom or bust. It's, it's risk-reward. But when you draft a quarterback – who has typically been a top-five quarterback when he's been out there uh, for a full season, in the 10th or 11th round, again, I mean, that sort yeah. of eliminates the risk for yeah. you. So it's not like you're drafting him in the fourth or fifth round. This is a guy who's coming off in the later rounds, and you're going to utilize him. I like the matchup this week against Cincinnati. I think he could put up some pretty good numbers. He could end up being an absolute steal in drafts if he's able to come close to being the quarterback he was before he went down with that shoulder injury. If he's not, well, you cut ties. You probably didn't pay a heavy price for him, and you replace him on your roster with a waiver wire pickup. Go get somewhere else. In conversation with Michael Fabiano of NFL Network, tight end time, Jimmy Graham, Mm -hmm. Seattle. Weird. If you look at Jimmy Graham's statistics with Seattle, Michael, very weird. You look at the yards, 520 receiving yards, you're like, ew. You see the touchdowns, 10. Yay. And then almost 1,000 yards receiver the year before. In Green Bay, do you think Jimmy Graham has the ability to really bounce back with a uh, really a more competent overall offense? He will have more yards without question because getting to 600 is going to be very easy for him in an offense that has Aaron Rodgers. But let's keep in mind here that Rodgers lost Jordy Nelson. You have a big red zone target now in Jimmy Graham, and and we saw them hook up in the preseason. That's where Graham's value lies. He's not going to be a 1,000-yard tight end. In fact, the Green Bay Packers have never had a tight end go for a 1,000 yards. And even... 
in an offense that's going to score points, Graham to me is a guy who will give you 800 yards and somewhere between 8 and 10 touchdowns. That's really good for a tight end, and it's solid. It's not what he did in New Orleans when he was going for 1,000 and 15 touchdowns seemingly year in and year out. Still a very good tight end one at a position that's pretty top-heavy. There's there's some definite upside sort of to the middle of that position, maybe even a little bit late, and guys like a David Njoku or a George Kittle or a Trey Burton. But I do believe Graham will end up being a week-in and week-out starter. But putting up those elite numbers like he did in New Orleans, I just don't see that. Very good numbers, mm-hmm. not elite numbers. And we'll leave you with this, Michael, on the way out. Is there a couple uh, starts and sits you can recommend to the listeners here? If you have Phillip Rivers on your roster, uh, unless you have an elite quarterback, you should be playing him. The Kansas City defense, and you should probably be playing most of your Chargers. Hmm. That defense is a mess right now. Uh, Eric Berry is banged up. Uh, Of course, Marcus Peters is no longer in the mix. They traded him to the Rams. That is a defense that is ripe for the picking uh, if you're a fantasy owner. So you're going to be starting a lot of your Chargers. I also like Kirk Cousins going up against the San Francisco 49ers. In that same game, though, Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that I like long-term. I don't like him in this matchup, not against the Vikings. They gave up fewer than 10 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks at home. And that is a tough task because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. At running back, uh, Alex Collins is someone that I like. Joe Mixon is a good play. Royce Freeman, who I have been on the bandwagon of forever, it seems, ever since he got drafted, going to be the starter for the Broncos. You look at the matchup against Seattle, you think, well, maybe it's not that good. Seattle's defense is not Seattle's defense uh, that we remember from a few seasons ago. Uh, I would beware of Marshawn Lynch, despite the fact that the Rams were bad against the run last year. That was before they got in Dominican Sue, and uh, that defense is is just loaded at this point. I'd also beware of Chris Carson in that Broncos game. Uh, Rashad Penny going to play. Don't know if he's going to see a lot of action, so maybe Carson's a volume flex at best, but the Broncos were really good at home against the run last season. At wide receiver, I'm starting Chris Hogan against the Texans in what could be a high-scoring game. Also like Golden Tate against the Jets on Monday night and rounding it out. Josh Gordon, huge name. Ah. I'm a little worried. There's going to be a snap count. He could be limited. Mm -hmm. And the Steelers' pass defense is pretty good. So I would be aware. I think it could be a very low-scoring game. And Amari Cooper against the Rams. You're looking at Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters. That defense is going to be fantastic. There's probably not one member of the Oakland Raiders who's going to be considered a recommended starter in fantasy leagues. Maybe Marshawn Lynch, but again, as I mentioned, that defense is so much better now. I even think beast mode is a risk. So uh, Amari Cooper is someone that I would certainly be keeping on my bench if I had wide receiver depth. Michael, you always bring it, and it's always a delight. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Back to wrap up TSN 4 Downs NFL Season Kickoff Edition here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. We're delivered by Domino's. Perfect football food, folks, right? Get yourself a medium feast pizza for just $10.99. All the side dishes, pasta, boneless chicken, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. And I'm going to give you a chance to win some Domino's pizza because I'm in a good mood. It's week one, so this is all you got to do, okay? I will post and pin the tweet with this show link. 
So we'll be up in a little bit. Go to at AndyMC81. That pinned tweet with the show link in it. Retweet it. Follow at AndyMC81. Follow at TSN4Downs. TSN and the number 4Downs. You do that. Have a random draw on Monday for some free Domino's pizza. Let's bring in uh, producer Sean Lavery. Sean, we got some fantasy football questions. Use the hashtag AskAndy on Twitter at AndyMC81. We got some uh, some questions lined up? We do indeed. Our first one comes from at MattyD613. Andy McNamara, you helped me win last year. Last year, now, can you help me go back to back? So, needs to start one of these guys: Kenny Galladay of the Lions, Mike Williams of the Chargers, or Corey Davis of the Titans. Which one do you start? I like Galladay from the Lions because Matt Stafford has been targeting him a lot in preseason. But opportunity equals results in fantasy football. And Corey Davis is a starter for the Titans, so I'm going to go Titans and uh, Corey Davis there. Our second question comes from at Aluminum underscore six. Andy MC eighty one. I need help. Standard scoring. First, which wide receiver, Josh Doxson of the Redskins, Robbie Anderson of the Jets, or Chris Godwin of the Bucks? Boy, ah, th- this is a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a dud row here. I don't like Doxson. Uh, Godwin's a riser, but I'm going to say Robbie Anderson, at least in this week. We don't know if there's going to be any discipline for his off-field issues, but uh, Sam Darnold, young quarterback, Robbie Anderson, you can line him inside, outside, reliable hands. Go with uh, Anderson there. Our third question comes from Francois at Massey85. This is a PPR league. You need to pick one of these wide receivers, Andy. Corey Davis of the Titans, Jameson Crowder of the Redskins, or Mike Williams of the Chargers? I Again, I'm going to say Corey Davis. Mike Williams, I think, is going to have a good season, but you have to look at the other options, right, that Phil Rivers is going to have. Keenan Allen's going to be there, okay? How often does he go to Antonio Gates? I want to feel that out a little bit. Corey Davis is going to be a go-to, so I'll say Davis again. Our final question comes from Matt at Matt Jonasy. This is a non-PPR league, and he needs three running backs, but he listed five. So pick three of these five guys. Okay. Melvin Gordon of the Chargers, Jordan Howard of the Bears, Royce Freeman of the Broncos, James Conner of the Steelers, or Kerryon Johnson of the Lions. Okay, I'll say Melvin Gordon and Jordan Howard for sure straight out. You got three down backs, both are starters. Melvin Gordon is coming off his best season, almost 500 yards receiving, over 1,000 yards rushing. He's going to get a lot of work. And Jordan Howard, the same thing with the Bears. After that, ooh, I'm going to st- stay away from Kerryon Johnson of the Lions. That is a way too uncertain of a committee there in Detroit. Sloppy conditions expected in Cleveland. Torrential downpours off of a tropical storm. That means likely extra emphasis on the running game. So James Conner, Le'Veon Bell's out. This kid, the coaching staff likes him. He's put in the work. Uh, He's going to get a lot of workload. So I'm going to say James Conner of the Steelers for your other option there. So there you go. Those are some good questions. Those are some good questions. Hashtag Ask Andy. If you get uh, any more in that we haven't had time to get to, I will answer them on Twitter. Actually, I see one more in here uh, from what a piece on Twitter says. Which flex, Alfred Morris or Jay Wilkins? Morris, for sure, even though it's against the Vikings' run defense. Because Alfred Morris, his best seasons came in Washington. Who's the offensive coordinator? Kyle Shanahan. Who's the head coach in San Francisco? Kyle Shanahan. He knows the system. He loves it. It's going to be tough against the Vikings, but I say Morris on that one. So there you go. Hashtag AskAndy, and follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Now, as I promised, we have a DraftKings contest, folks. Win your share of a million dollars. Team pick them. Very easy. All you do is you literally no, no, just pick the teams you think that are going to win. If you get over half correct, you win your share of a million bucks. That's at DraftKings.com. I'll tweet that out at AndyMC81 as well. Uh, But it ties in with our poll question, guys. At TSN4Downs, we tweeted out, 
which of these point spread favorites do you have the most confidence in to cover the spread? And we'll use these picks in our DraftKings Pick'em contest here. Chicago at Green Bay. Packers are a touchdown favorite. Buffalo at Baltimore. Ravens 7.5 point favorites. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Saints are 9.5 point favorites. Jets at Detroit. Lions 6.5 point favorites. So my vote is going to go with the Ravens over Buffalo because Buffalo is going to be atrocious this year, I feel. Um, that's that's my vote, and I'm going to pick Baltimore in the team pick'em contest. Let's go behind the glass. Uh, Sean Lavery, Shawnee, who are you picking in the poll? I'm going to go for the big one. I'm going to pick the Saints to cover Ooh. the nine and a half spread against the Bucks. Another year of Drew Brees and his great weapons. Uh, the Bucks don't have Jameis Winston. They're awful. They're going to be one of the three worst teams in the league this year. So I'm going to pick New Orleans to start off the year hot and win by more than nine and a half. Boy, and getting close to double digits always makes me nervous. That's good. You know what, though? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic has flashed before. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit under, but that Saints, that offense is loaded. So, okay. Uh, our technical producer today, Aradis Vandy. Arad, who are you picking in the poll, buddy? As a Pats fan, I'm going to stay loyal to Belichick's disciples. I'm oh going to go with the mad scientist, the rocket scientist himself, Matt Patricia, to feast on the rookie, Sam Darnold. And you know what? Even though they had a bad preseason, the Lions did, Belichick's teams feast on rookie quarterbacks. And who is the architect of that? Matt Patricia, right? Absolutely. And, you know, he'll have that uh, AFC's familiar- familiarity. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That's exactly. a good point, too. And you got uh, Sam Darnold, so I'm sure he will see some exotic looks there. So I'll say Ravens. Arad says Lions. And Sean goes with the Saints there. You can vote at TSN four downs. I'll give you one bonus. Brown Steelers. I mentioned sloppy conditions. Terrible weather. Favorites the Browns. Go Cleveland in that one. I might be a little biased, though. And again, you can vote on the team pick'em uh, or make your picks for your share of a million bucks at DraftKings.com for the team pick them there well folks boy week one is upon us thank you so much to my guest michael fabiano and cynthia freeland from the nfl network again if you have any fantasy football questions you can tweet me at andy mc81 hashtag ask andy and to win domino's pizza again retweet my pinned tweet when i post the show link for tsn four downs this week one show link follow at andy mc81 follow at tsn four downs win yourself some domino's Pizza. Going to be a fun week. Be back with you next Saturday. If you missed any of the show, go to tsn1050.ca, tsn1150.ca under the shows section, uh, and you'll see TSN4 downs there. It'll be on iTunes, and I'll tweet it out uh, as well as on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. So there you go. So for producer Sean Lavery and Aradis Vandy, I'm Andy McNamara. Enjoy NFL Week One. You've been listening to TSN4 Downs.